listening to the Community Conversations podcast published by Blood Advances, a journal of the American Society of Hematology. My name is Dr. Jeffrey Hill, an NHMRC Senior Principal Research Fellow at the QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute and Associate Editor of Blood Advances. I'm your host for today's interview with Dr. Laurie Muffley, Clinical Assistant Professor of Medicine, the Blood and Marrow Transplantation Program from Stanford. We're discussing her recently published manuscript, Patterns of Care and Outcomes in Adolescent and Young Adult Acute Lymphoblastic Leukemia, a population-based study. Thank you for joining us. So, Laurie, this manuscript outlines the outcomes of almost 1,500 adolescents and young adults receiving care in paediatric or adult cancer settings reported to the California Cancer Registry. The study demonstrated that a majority of adults and young adults were treated in adult cancer settings and only a minority received a paediatric ALL treatment regimen. Most interestingly, treatment in a paediatric setting and at an NCI children's children's oncology group centre was associated with significantly better outcomes. Dr. Muffley, could you just expand on your findings for our listeners? Yeah, so um, when we undertook this study, we were really interested in uh, two components. One was with the uh, increasing interest in this cancer population, adolescents and young adults with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. We were really interested in first describing where they're receiving care um, and how they're receiving care, so specifically what kind of leukemia regimens they're receiving. And then secondarily, we were interested in looking at how these factors play into their leukemia outcomes. Um, And so just as you mentioned, what we found is that um, although this is an incredibly rare cancer in adults, representing 0.4% of all adult cancers, and a much more common cancer in children, about two-thirds of adolescents and young adults with newly diagnosed ALL are treated in the adult cancer setting. And then kind of drilling down on that, we were interested in what specific types of practices or hospitals they're being treated in. And so for AYAs, um, and for our study, we use the definition of those diagnosed with leukemia between the ages of 15 and 39 years in keeping with the NCI designated uh, uh, definition in the United States. And so for, for this population being treated in pediatric centers, almost all of them, 90%, receive care at specialized cancer centers, meaning those that have NCI cancer center designation or children's oncology group designation. And this was a significant difference when we looked at the AYAs that were treated in the adult cancer setting, where about two-thirds are not treated in specialized cancer settings. And so that was one of the things that we found. Um, Another thing that we found was that a large amount of of retrospective and now prospective data uh, supporting the use of pediatric ALL regimens um, for ALL patients treated at adult centers, we thought that we would see a tremendous growth in this approach being used across the population um, outside of clinical trials. However, we found that as of 2014, only about a quarter of AYAs treated in the adult cancer setting are receiving pediatric ALL regimens. And um, this corresponded to patients treated in specialized cancer centers were more likely to receive pediatric um, regimens, whereas those treated in community centers were not. So those were our main descriptive findings. And then um, in terms of outcomes, we did find that for the entire population, receipt of treatment in a pediatric as opposed to an adult treatment center, as well as receipt of treatment in an NCI or specialized cancer center, were both significantly associated with outcomes. 
And um, Laurie, the, the magnitude of differences that you were seeing in those two groups, is it possible to, to give a feel for Yeah, that? so there, there was a, approximately um, a doubling of survival and leukemia-specific survival at three years for AYA ALL patients treated um, in the pediatric setting as opposed to the adult setting. And similar, uh, although slightly less magnitude of difference, um, for those receiving care at specialized cancer settings. And we looked at this for all of the AYAs across the age group, and we looked at age in, in a variety of ways. We looked by category. We looked at, the, uh, at age as a continuous variable. Uh, we also created models just looking at younger AYAs, those uh, between the ages of 15 and 25 years, um, thinking that that population is, is, you know, inherently a bit different than those in their 30s. And we found that, that those associations stuck. So even for the younger AYAs where between the ages of 19 and 24, actually the majority are treated in the adult cancer setting, we found that treatment at a pediatric cancer setting was very significantly associated with improvements in outcomes, um, and similarly for treatment at an NCI or COG center. And so the, the survival difference is about double. That's fantastic. So how did you manage to access the data for such a large group of patients? So we used um, the California Cancer Registry, which is um, a NCI government-funded registry that filters into the United States SEER Cancer Registry. This is our, our, you know, California is one of the states that contributes to SEER, and this is our statewide registry. But for this particular study, we we drilled really deep into the data, and we used the treatment-level data, which uh, at least for hematologic malignancies has not been previously used um, in these registries. And so Basically, each hospital that treats these patients reports on how they treat the patients um, up until the time of relapse. And, and these are free-form data text fields. And so we went patient by patient through each free-form data text field to identify the treating physician, um, the treatment regimen, frontline. So it was really a very rich resource um, for population-level data that really cuts away from clinical trials and gets at all of the patients treated across the state. I see. And the the just to just to to summarise again, the benefit for the treatment of AYAs treated at the paediatric centres was due to the centre rather than the paediatric ALL protocol that was used. Is is that that the case? Yeah. So this is a great question. So. I, I think that it, it probably in the end is a combination, but um, based on our data, um, I, I don't think we can discount the expertise of pediatric centers in treating this rare cancer. And so, as I mentioned, our data shows that um, two-thirds of AYAs with ALL are treated in the adult cancer setting, but that those treated in the pe- pediatric cancer setting are almost always treated at special specialized centers, NCI or COG centers, which is significantly different than those treated in the adult setting. And so I think that the expertise, the experience, the clinical trial availability leads to improvements in outcomes. And our study our study kind of shows this because there is such a center-specific effect. But there's also other factors that are at play when comparing adult and pediatric centers that we cannot measure in the study, like adherence to protocols and to medications and psychosocial supports that may differ. But in regards to the protocols that are administered, um, 
as I mentioned before, there's a wealth of retrospective comparative data and now international single-arm data that demonstrate the superiority of pediatric AOL regimens, even when given in the adult setting. In our particular study, we did not see a regimen-dependent effect, but there's a variety of reasons that we think explain that due to um, issues around data acquisition as well as follow-up time of the use of the pediatric approach. Further, just to, to go on from that, the age range when you saw these the effects, when the, there was not a clear distinction in very young um, and uh, and uh, not so young uh, adolescents. Was that was that the case? Well, we saw we definitely saw that um, when you look at age as a continuous variable, as patients age with ALL, they do worse, and that's a, a very clearly known fact. Mm. When we looked by um, age categories, we didn't see um, as dramatic uh, an outcome differential. All of our analyses were adjusted for age since this is such a critical um, variable when doing any analyses in the AYA population. And so all of our all of our findings are such that after adjusting for age and other important sociodemographic variables, the the center effect and also the, um, the the expertise of the center effect remains significantly associated with outcomes. And um, these these findings were heightened in the younger population. So when we did separate models looking at those between the ages of 15 and 25, we found that our findings were magnified. So that the effective treatment at a pediatric center, the effective treatment at an NCI designated cancer center were, were even more important in those younger AYAs. And Laurie, there, was there a potential um, for transplantation to impact on the on the um, outcomes in the young versus um, older and the adult versus pediatric um, centres? Yeah, I, I think this is, to me, this is one of the most critical pieces of missing information from our data set. Um, and so the registry, the California Cancer Registry that we use is an incredible resource for frontline therapy um, and really, as I mentioned, underutilized for um, these research purposes. Um, but it becomes less credible in regards to therapies that are offered at time of relapse um, and also the utilization of transplantation isn't captured in an entirely reliable manner. Um, we are doing other work using a, a different data source looking at um, uh, how transplant interacts with this question of frontline therapy and, and center effect. And so based on that work, we know that at least, at least a quarter of AYA ALL patients treated during this time period that we studied do receive a consolidate, did receive a consolidated allotransplant and first remission. And we also have data to show that those who received frontline regimens with non-asparaginase containing adult ALL protocols were more likely to receive transplant. And so for our data, I hypothesize that the use of transplant um, may have mitigated any effect of the frontline protocols that were administered in the adult setting um, that then led to similar outcomes between adult and pediatric protocols. And we know based on prior clinical trial data, the ECOG-2993 MRC study, that AYs with standard risk ALL have superior outcomes following consolidative transplant than with standard adult ALL chemotherapy consolidation. So I think that, I think that transplant um, likely is the reason that we didn't see improved outcomes in pediatric ALL frontline regimens administered in the adult setting but we couldn't 
definitively capture uh, that data. But I still think that we, the descriptive data that we present here in our study I think is really important and it doesn't exist otherwise and it really captures, I think, the moment, at least the moment as of 2014 and it'll be interesting to see how things change over the next five to ten years for this population. Just lastly, you, you noted some interesting findings in relation to um, eth- ethnicity, and I just wondered if you could just just briefly touch on the you know the putative causes of the inferior outcomes you saw in those non-Caucasian populations. Yeah, well, you know, this is this is certainly not a novel finding. Um, I think this has been shown over and over again um, in ALL as well as in um, cancer populations as a whole. ALL specifically, um, inferior outcomes in Hispanic populations have been shown and um, likely in part are due to adverse biological risk variants in ALL, such as alterations in CRLF2 that are found at increased frequency in Hispanic and black ALL populations. There's also likely um, unmeasurable factors, at least unmeasurable in our study, related to clinical trial enrollment, adherence access to care um, amongst different racial and ethnic groups. And I think one interesting point that we saw was that we did see that there were significant differences in the ALL regimens that were received uh, amongst these AYAs based on race and ethnicity. And so, for example, the C1043 regimen, whether on study or used as an off-study protocol, was not administered to any of these non-Hispanic black AYAs in our sample. And so, you know, we're not exactly sure why, and I'm sure the clinical trial data is not going to show such a a stark finding, but that's a clear uh, alteration in care based on um, race, ethnicity. And so I think that these kinds of findings definitely warrant uh, further study and further attention in this population. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Laurie. I mean, this was a a really interesting uh, study, and I thought, I'm sure, will provoke a lot of uh, thought in the field. Um, thank, thank, thank you. you again. Yeah, my pleasure. You've been listening to Blood Advances Community Conversations. Visit bloodadvances.org to listen to more author interviews and to subscribe to the Community Conversations podcast. Music for the Blood Advances Community Conversations was performed by the Art Topolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Topolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology. We thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.